Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, hello, dumpty dummers everywhere. Nicholas Barnes from Vitel here. We're the company that provides, for absolutely no recompense at all, the telephone number you can call in and leave a message on. I just wanted to share with you a new feature we've added. You can now use the same telephone number to record a Dumpty Dum for the beginning of the show. It's clever, it's cool, and all the hip kids are doing it. Simply call 0203 031 3105 and follow the prompts. You'll hear my dulcet tones guiding you through the whole thing. And when it comes to record the Dumpty Dum, you'll hear it in your ear while you're singing, humming, instrumenting, or, well, however you're performing it yourself. It's that easy. Oh, and it can be anonymous too. Nobody has to know it's you. Go on, give it a try. 0203-031-3105. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, Anna. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. I know. If I don't even know what day it is, it's wow. just. It see every day seems like a fortnight because either your phone's pinging or someone's ringing you and say, "Guess what's happened? She so and so's got it," or something. Or mm. Boris isn't making another stupid announcement. Oh, I'm exhausted. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality jockey drama that has ended an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. On the anniversary breakfast in bed, that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the pancake on a duvet. That is Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Tom and Natasha's nauseating celebrations, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum is from Mia Fox. Ah, Mia, who's up in Newcastle. And... Um, I believe Another bit of kazoo. I presume it was a kazoo, was it? It's it, it, something like that. It wasn't that. an oboe being played really appallingly. I think it was a, I think it was a kazoo. <laughs> I apologise if it was something better. Anyway. Mm. Um, I, I think Mia is poorly sick. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think Mia is actually poorly sick with a touch of the uh, coronas. 
Um, oh, I, I think no. I saw that on on the Facebook, on the Book of Face. Oh, so, Mia, dear. get well soon, oh, golly, chicken licking. And uh, thank you for that wonderful touch of the Barwicks. Um, you is awesome. Um, now, Luce, um, hmm. Somebody else would like to send us in a dum-de-dum. How can that be done? If you would like to sing us a dum-de-dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Uh, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge for her voices and to Derek, the load of the back bedroom. Um, well, actually... We're kind of subletting the back bedroom now because he's moved into the <laughs> laurels with Auntie Cardboard because they're self-isolating together. Um, it's not going incredibly well. They've had a massive row. Uh, they have now made up. Um, he was hoping for makeup sex, but she said she didn't have a mascara wand big enough. Can you please explain that joke to me? No. <laughs> awesome. All right. It's going to be that type of show, is it? On yep. this week's episode, we hear views from Catherine, Merlin, Witherspoon, Mary, Iris, Nanny Sue, Margot and Glyn. And we, we're going to end uh, with um, our You know, last... Margot calls herself Margot and we call her Margot. I yes. think I think we should actually call the poor lady what she calls herself because it's a bit patronising for us to go. No, no, I think you, I think you'll find we know what you're called better than you do. <laughs> it's a bit it's like that. Like it's Cecil and Cecil, isn't it, with the old Americans? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cecil. Yeah. They always used to like, like, send my mum do lally on the Kobe's. It's not Cecil. <laughs> it's Cecil. <laughs> Don't you know what you're called, also, man? On the <laughs> room with a view, uh, Lucy Honeychurch always calls Cecil Vise Cecil mm. on the film. Mm. Very odd nation that I'm holed up in at the moment, Lucy. But I tell you, oh, streets of San Francisco, empty. Not yep. a soul other than the homeless, the crack addicts, the unfortunate and the dispossessed. They're the only ones still left Mm. on the streets. I kid ye not. Strange times. Strange times. But you know what? We'll always have a touch of uh, Ambridge. So we need you, Lucy, to reprise the last week in Ambridge. Oh, shit. I keyed that up so well, (laughs) I pressed the wrong button. (laughs) I love this podcast. Okay. Take two, everybody. Rewind. Obviously, this week in Ambridge was a little short on laughs, what with a major explosion and a global pandemic in the middle of it. But I've done my best and I'm not taking serious (laughs) injuries lightly. I'm just trying to jolly us all along because let's face it, my God, it has been a bit of a week for all of us on and off the archers, has it not? Mm. So... We began the apocalypse in bed with Tom and Natasha, which personally is the last place in which I would want to spend the end of days. It was her birthday and the anniversary of their car crash of a wedding. Uh, She bought him a beautiful designer watch. He bought her a mug and some socks. Oh, Tom, you are your father's son. She also suggested (laughs) that they open a joint account and managed to con him into believing it was so that they could save together. 
give over is to make sure she doesn't get a mug and a pair of socks next year. What's yours <laughs> is mine. What's mine is mine. And what's your parents is mine, she said. There was then a hilarious bit of business with the birthday cake, which we'd all seen coming for a week, but which made me feel a little anxious. As in these days of heightened hygiene awareness, I'm not sure someone's ring should be anywhere near a cake. <laughs> I agree, by the way, I agree. <laughs> Over at Gay Grables, it was the calm before the storm. Kathy was being a bit tight-lipped and silent, and Emma toasted her muffins on the portable hot plates. Once it got a bit uncomfortable, she got off and marched into the car park, hotly pursued by Tracy, who wanted to talk about Emma's impending divorce. I don't live in a world of want. I live in a world of make-do, and I'm living in limbo, she said. Blimey, she's living in limbo make-do land, which sounds like some kind of new exercise class. Anyway, before Emma got any more confused about where she was living, she was rescued by the hotel exploding. <laughs> yes! <laughs> the shit hit the fan, or rather the workman hit the grill with a petrol can, or someone farted in the nature flame sauna. At this time, no one knew, but what they did know was that gas ovens weren't supposed to fly that high, and neither was Linda Snell. <laughs> the team... Fresh from their inert training, clicked into action like a well-oiled grill. Don't go back inside, not even for loo roll, said Tracy. Roy had cut his head <laughs> and Tracy bound it with some tit tape she had in her bag. There's nothing in there he uses, Tracy. I wouldn't worry. Freddie staggered about for a bit in the kitchen with dust in his hair, looking like Stan Laurel, but luckily kept up a running commentary to Linda about what he was doing. Otherwise, all we'd have heard was 15 minutes of confused bumping. Mm. Ed suddenly appeared from the boot of Emma's car to check she was okay. Harassment <laughs> was absolutely nowhere to be seen. <laughs> Harassment had heard a massive bang, the walls shook and a cloud of smoke shot up, but he just thought it was Fallon using a personal massager again upstairs, so he carried on with his jigsaw. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Borchester General, Robert was trying to remember his last words from Lindy Bottom. They turned out to be, How many times, Robert, have I asked you to knock before you burst into my shepherd's hut? In A&E, Freddie was being discharged. I can't believe the hospital don't want you anymore, said Elizabeth petulantly. I mean, I don't want you either, but they get paid to care. Don't they realise you have special posh blood? Are your bandages organic? I don't know where the hell they were because most hospitals sound like a civil war. I'm not sure how they managed to find a quiet bit either where Elizabeth could just trot off and find the nurse who'd been dealing with him. Nurses in A&E travel at about 125 kilometres per hour, so by the time Elizabeth caught up with her, she could have been in Belfast. Schuler was as welcome in Borchester General as MRSA. <laughs> she turned up in A&E and Freddie hurriedly said, Oh, I'm just leaving actually, Auntie Schuler. Quick, Mum, start the car. So she trotted off to see Robert, <laughs> only to be rugby tackled to the floor by Jimmus. You'd think she'd get the message, wouldn't you? They should use her to shift bed blockers. We'd have the hospitals cleared in no time. Mm. More strangeness on the script front. Last week, everyone kept saying, Mud sticks. This week, everyone just kept saying, Blake, to each other. Freddie just said the word Blake on its own to himself, apparently. Are they secret messages? Are we passing code to the Kremlin? Kremlin. Meanwhile, every time it happened, everyone at home shouted, Who the hell is Blake? As we were all very much hoping it was Gavin who'd grilled himself to death. But mm. no. Same at Grange Farm. The Grundys were discussing the incident with Oliver. Poor Emma's been getting flashbacks of Linda and Freddie and Blake, apparently. Blake? Yes, Blake. Roy was talking about it with Krusty. It's important to rally round as a team, all together, he said. And Robert won't let us rally round him, so we're going to rally round Blake. He doesn't want <laughs> us to, but he's got a pin in his back, so he can't stop us, quite frankly. <laughs> And even more oddness with Bin Day. It was Bin Day on Wednesday, 
That is bin day on Wednesday. Have mm. we all got that? Good. By the end of that episode, even Linda knew it was bin day and she was in a medically induced coma. You know the play <laughs> A Man for All Seasons? Roy is a man for all the wrong moments. He decided oh. as stretchers rushed past, ambulances screamed and people dug through rubble that now would be the ideal time to talk about the entertainment for Krusty's wedding. How about Tommy croaked it? Over at Lower Loxley, Freddie was having a delicious lunch of germaline served on a bed of cheesy Watsit crumbs. But what can you expect from a man who gets defeated by bubble wrap? <laughs> Poor old Ben Archer <laughs> plodded on with his party arrangements, seething quietly as not only is he getting a new wheelbarrow rather than a car, but now Gay Grables has exploded and taken any remaining limelight right off him. Lillian took lunch into Robert and found that Robert has been reading Linda books she hates, which seems cruel and unusual punishment for a woman who cannot leap out of bed and throttle him. But maybe it's revenge for the fact that he's had to sit through the village panto every night in December for the last 30 years. True. Maybe her first coma, post-coma words will be, no, Robert, for the love of God, not the bloody Silmarillion. <laughs> there was a lot of gossip. Well, there always is after something like this. Kathy said the builders might have hit a gas pipe. Well, if Kathy said so, who's going to argue? <laughs> and Oliver had a heart-to-heart with Tracy. He told her he'd never seen any action in the army. Well, unless you get a move on Oliver, you'll not be seeing any action in Ambridge either, as Tracy will be entirely enthralled to Roman's candle and you'll have missed your chance. You're going to need a lot of support over the next few months, so accept that Roy, for some mysterious reason, has decided to become everyone's father figure and that you're going to have to settle for being balmy old granddad. But that's fine, because Tracy might settle for balmy old granddad too, and you've got to have something for Linda to get outraged about when she comes round. Because she will. She will. The end. Oh, well done, you. And I know you were worried, weren't you? You were worried. And, and everybody else was worried for you. You know, that you weren't <laughs> going to have enough uh, comic material. Well, I just decided that I think what I'd been worrying about was the prospect of me having any tasteful comic material. Once I'd abandoned the idea of being tasteful, it was actually fine. <laughs> I just Fair kind enough. of thought mm. um, uh, that, uh, you know, this is, yes, it is terribly, uh, it is, you know, awful about Linda and everything. Um, but uh, I think the advent of coronavirus made me think I don't have to be quite so sensitive and worried about upsetting a fictional character. So it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was what I went for in the end. <laughs> mm. Yes. <sighs> so... We had a whole load of uh, Lindo foreshadowing, didn't we? Uh-huh. Mm, mm, mm. So, how do you feel about uh, gay grables basically exploding? Well, <laughs> well, tactically, I thought it was very a very interesting thing to do. A, they did it on a Sunday night and generally Sunday night is filler night. Yes. Um, where not a lot happens. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We get a little bit of something's going to happen yeah. later on in the week, but, you know, it's kind of a bit, guess I have got time to eat that other scone then, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden we've got a hotel uh, blowing up. Mm. Um, I thought the fact that no media outlets were aware of it uh and the only inkling we had was 
Kerry actually tweeting, you might want to listen to the Archers on Sunday. Mm. That was it. Um, and I love that because there are very few soap operas that could, um, uh, that, that don't get stories leaked and that, and that wouldn't, you know, EastEnders, it's like every, you know, you get stills from the flipping shoot, don't you? Mm. Leaked and, 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 or deliberately leaked or whatever. And the fact that they, they sort of, um, uh, put someone's life in jeopardy who's a major character with no warning at all, I thought was an amazing thing to do. Um, uh, there was a lot of, um, we would, we would, we knew that there's something was going to happen, you know, with, with all the, um, sort of the stuff about the, there was just something very odd about Kirsty insisting, wanting to go away, saying no. Philip said yes. And then Gavin going, Oh, I don't want to do it. Da, 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 da. So you sort of knew something was going to happen. Um, but yeah, I thought it was beautifully done. I thought Freddie was uh, absolutely astonishing. The actor that played Freddie, I thought, did a marvellous job. And he I did. think I held my breath. I held my breath for the start of him wandering around talking to Linda. And I didn't let it go until I, he'd found Roy again. And uh, when, they were out, when they were outside saying, who's here and who's not? Has anyone seen Linda? Oh, no, I'm sure she went home. And I was going, she didn't go home. She's inside. I was, I was absolutely gripped by the whole thing. I thought it was really, really well done and much better done than the header off the roof. <laughs> I didn't like it. Oh, why? Well, because... I don't know. This is. I just repeat myself over and over. I don't like lots of drum. I don't like lots of drama. I just don't. Not not in this. Not in this world, which is probably the most one of the most perfectly encapsulated l- narrative universes which I care about. Right. Um, you watch a bit of Star Trek and you need the Borg to come along and do their Borg stuff uh, once an episode. You, you, you need that tension. I don't need explosions in the Archers. I just don't. And in hindsight, yes, we've had Linda Snell's greatest hits you know, in the run-up to this. And we even we even said it, as soon as the B, as soon as the ball changed its name to the B, we said, next week she'll have a petition up. And she did. So we went through her, the village campaigner, mm. you know, we had the petition, we had her, the grandmother, the loving grandmother, we had a yeah. beef with the other grandmother, Lillian, we had... Yeah. Linda, the wife. Yeah. The, you know, even down we to had all the magic time. Of Linda, didn't we? Exactly. Yeah. And we even had very, and we very, had the horrible very... bits that we don't like. Exactly. We had the yeah. very old to remind Linda. us. Yeah. Exactly, to remind of, us whether or not we the... felt ambiguous about her Thank possibly you. dying. Yeah. We had that very old nineteen eighties, nineteen nineties Linda yeah. that was quick to judge. But then also she can course correct. So we had that with yeah. Freddie. Yeah. And we didn't need 
We didn't need all that foreshadowing because we all do love and care about her to make us, you know, really will her to survive. We didn't need that at all. We're all on the Linda track. But, yeah, but remember, mm. there were, there's lots of new listeners have, well, a few new listeners have arrived since Rob and Helen, and they wouldn't know, kind no, that, of, they that's wouldn't a fair understand. Point. You know what, that's a fair point. So. They, they wouldn't and, know. And here's, I'm, loose, fair point. Not everybody's been listening to it since 1984, right? Yeah. And beyond. Okay. So, in a neatly encapsulated drama, she's toast. Because we've gone through her greatest hits. She's been written out. Yeah. Right? In a neatly encapsulated, soapy, tropey way, you're, you know, the actor is, you know, going through all the things that she's been doing for the last 30-odd years, 40 years, whatever the heck it is, because actually she's going to die on that um, hotel uh, bed. And it looks like Linda might not die. If she survives, what we have is a new Linda, who is quite literally battered and burned. And, And I think if she does survive, and that's the Linda that we have, I'm really angry because though last week was brilliantly acted and the star of last week, well, there's two stars, the actor that plays Freddie and Freddie has his total redemption now. So it's like, you know, and, and what's very human about Freddie is that he doesn't want to be the hero. He said, I just did what anybody else would do. But in, in an incident like this, we do look for those rays of sunshine, for, for, you know, for, the, for the bits of where humanity kind of surpasses itself. And we, and we call that person a hero, whatever. And we need that um, in terrible times like this. But the actor, Graham Broccoli, that plays Robert Snell, was simply brilliant. Yeah. Utterly Did you know brilliant. he was a GP? Yes, I did. He stayed being a GP for ages before he sort of gave it up and then officially became Robert full-time. Mm. But I don't know. that For me, there was something even more poignant about being... Because he must have seen so many people in that situation, mm. you know, who just had incredibly bad news and whatever. And I wondered, wondered if he used any of that in his sort of portrayal because it was the anger, the real, real, real visceral anger well, that he had, that, that it was totally Linda and... and you know, he, he's you angry know. With, with the universe, you know, yes. that yeah. the yeah. universe has randomly just like waved its finger of fate at him yeah. and Linda and they didn't waved deserve its it. finger of fudge, yes. No, they exactly. They didn't yeah. deserve it. Why them? Yeah. Why now? He loves yeah. them more than life itself. You know, yeah. the only thing he didn't say was, why was this her and not me? Like he went through all yeah. those gears because yeah. they didn't deserve it. She didn't deserve it. Why? And he was yeah. so angry. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. But I repeat, we didn't. I get your point that this is a long running drama. So if you're going to take out a major character, you need to just to remind newer listeners, if you're 
you know, 30 years and less, you know, just warming up into the arches. You're only listening to it since about 1991. So you're still, you know, wetting your toes in the arches river, so to speak. <laughs> that you just need to be reminded uh, of Linda. But it feels so clunky now because we had weeks and weeks of terrible, terrible storylines. Yes. The Ambrushing was bad. Yeah. It was really yeah. bad. You know, and it's going to be the renamed. The be- they're going to call it the Bull again now, aren't they? Of course they Lin- are. Linda of course will, they uh, are. Lillian of will course they are. Of course they are. And and that will just prove how futile that storyline is. You know, if anything, and I'm not, they're not going to do this, and I don't think they should. But if they renamed it the Linda or the Snell, you go oh, okay and whatever. But of course they're not going to, right? It was just incredibly clunky and we all knew it was clunky at the time this is not just us being uh, wise with the benefit of hindsight whilst that story was playing out everybody said this is really bloody weird mm. so it was badly constructed in terms of plotting now i the the only thing which they actually missed with this whole let's relive Linda Snell and her greatest hits, was they should have waited <laughs> until Christmas and blown her up in the village hall while she was doing the panto. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like that. You'd have gone, oh, Jesus. Like, they really have, like, ticked every box here, right? And you know what, right? I do love the Archers, very obviously. And I do love Linda... I just don't like melodrama. I don't like explosions. I don't like floods. I don't like posh boys falling off roofs, even though I didn't like the posh boy that <laughs> fell off the roof. <laughs> I, what, you know what I want, Luce? I want coercive control, but just don't drag it, up, drag it out over three years. Give me depressions, <laughs> money worries, <laughs> pony tunnels, and sex in showers. <laughs> I don't want Linda to limp on and just be a pale shadow of the great Linda Snell of old. Mm. And I think that's going to be incredibly sad. She should have been able to grow old gracefully with Robert and just to continue to be Ambridge's big pain in the arse Sergeant Major Do-Gooder. I hated it. I hate the fucking explosion, right? And... It's not what I want out of the arches. Well, fair enough. But normally I hate those things and I just can't wait for everything to go back to normal again. But I actually thought this one was really, really well done. It wasn't. <laughs> All the reasons which I said before, the clunkiness beforehand and... It's called an opinion, Royfield. No, it's fact. No. Pure fact. No. Right. This is the where other you make is... your error, you see. <laughs> the other thing <laughs> I'd say is that um, Philip Moss and his business will unravel now. So yes, I've been right absolutely. all along. And it appears that maybe he doesn't have proper um, employer's liability and insurance. Yeah. Right? He's been cutting corners. And he's been employing people who weren't really that good at the job. Hence, he didn't want Ed involved and stuff to realise the, you know, the corner cutting. So 
I will be proved right with Philip Moss. And I was right with my whole uh, opinion about Linda Snell. I'm right. I am right. I am right. Now, uh, Luce. Yeah. Shall we have some caller in And in between the caller in uh, we'll discuss life, love and the universe. Maybe touch on a little bit of uh, Corona. I hope your hands we are clean, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll be reading uh, the 70,000 emails that we've had. That's oh, what we'll be doing. Oh, smashing. All right, then. Well, let's have a little bit of this. Hello, Ambridge3962. Bloody hell, that's a bit poignant now, isn't it? I know. <laughs> oh, Lindy. Oh, oh. Lindy Bottom. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let's start off with Glyn. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. Well, it's Thursday night, and it's already been a tough week listening to the Archers. Um... I've actually found the episodes in the hospital with um, Jim and Robert and then Oliver and Robert and then um, tonight with Lillian going harder and more emotional listening than the explosion itself. Um, Yeah. The pain in all of those characters has really come through. I think it's been the the writing and the acting has been outstanding um, all week. I think we should acknowledge that. Um, if there is a but, then it it just feels that some of the stories leading up to it yes, Glenn. have been contrived to mm-hmm. amplify what's happened this week, especially about say the, the renaming of the the bull. Um, but let's set that to one side for now. And I think finally, it, I think it's testament to the power of the archers that a character such as Linda, who, uh, when she first appeared 30 years ago, most listeners would have been quite content if she'd moved straight back to Sunningdale, is now yeah. inspiring <laughs> um, hashtags such as Pray for Linda. Um, an extraordinary journey we have had with her. I hope it's not finished. Thank you for the podcast. I pity Lucy trying to do a monologue this week, Um, but greetings to all in Dumpty Dum land. Bye for now. Bye. Uh, Bye, Glyn. Just very quickly before I hand over to you, I don't want to sound like a sourpuss, but... Whilst I... That ship has sailed, Royfield. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sourpuss Brown. Have I gone yes. over the horizon yet? Goodbye. You have funny. disappeared. Bye. Can't see me, um, I think even if you had, even if she'd been unremittingly awful ever since she came in in the mid-80s, such is... Uh, such is sentiment, such is convention, such is uh, familiarity that we'd love her anyway if she'd been blown up um, and uh, kaput uh, 30 <laughs> mm. odd years later. So I actually mm. don't 
think it's such an amazing journey in and of itself in that it you know she's um, well i th- at the at the risk of um tooting my own horn mr brown um <laughs> toot toot i shall go mm-hmm. um the telegraph rang me up and said could they have a comment about mm-hmm. the storyline yes and uh i said that i felt that our relationship with linda as listeners was the manifestation or the personification of our relationship with the show as a whole which is it is infuriating it changes week by week it we get incredibly annoyed by it on occasion but if anyone else criticizes it from outside we go completely berserk and try and march on parliament or something so and and i think linda sums that up we couldn't stand her in the beginning. She was different. We didn't like her. She didn't fit in. She da, 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 da. But now we've come to understand her. And now, as Glyn said, you know, we would, we'd, we're would we sort of praying for Linda. Um, and I think that sort of reflects a lot of people's relationship with the show itself. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> Um, can I do a quick email, please? Go on then. Uh, this is from. She was. She says she was cycling, Christine, but she's now walking and social distancing, Christine. Um, what a week in Ambridge! I usually listen to the podcast before going to sleep, which has a calming effect. Not last week. So much tension every night, and no resolution through the week. It also seemed to reflect the increasing tension out in the wider world. Next week, I would like something much more calming, please. Often you feel as though you know what's going to happen, but having read Carol Boyd is 79, it made me wonder if she is going to retire. And is that why Joy Horville was introduced? Wishing you all a coronavirus-free week ahead. Well, I didn't realise Carol Boyd was 79. She... She has quite a young voice. She's, you know, and certainly physically. I mean, but I mean, the Archers women are just legendary um, in terms of uh, the actresses and how how spot on they are. Um, So I don't know. I do hope she isn't going to retire because I think uh, I think Linda as a character has a lot more to give. Mm. Well, that that was one of the points I made. Yeah, yeah. She should have been able just to decline very slowly still being an active part of the village you know um wanting to do good and just slowly slowly you know grow old yeah there isn't you can't construct of any realistic way that the injuries that she will have suffered if she makes it out of that hospital bed that all we're going to get is a mere cipher of the linen that we had before and that's sad incredibly sad yeah one of the reasons why i i just think you know there's a difference between storylines and plotting and this thing has been written very well in terms of the week that we've had the scenes that we've had with freddie and his despair and his shock and him struggling with with linda were, were brilliant and the actor deserves massive plaudits. Um, really well written. Ditto Robert. Ditto Oliver. Poor fucking Oliver. Right? Yeah. 
And, you know, yeah. he's, he's massively in shock. And then you had, yeah. right at the end of the week, when he's starting to um, gather himself together, a bit of a steeliness that actually, he, when he realised this was not his fault, right? Mm. He, yes. You know, he, yeah. you know, he's a patrician. That man yeah. who cares for people and is aware of his position in society that he's done a little bit well for himself and he wants to look after people and on his watch this happened and this was his wife's business as well so he feels he's a custodian for the place and it happened on his watch and then when he realizes right at the end of the week that actually he did nothing wrong this is the negligence of the builders you got that little bit of steeliness and whatever. This has been a f- tremendous week in terms of writing and acting. Badly plotted, though. We didn't need it. If you wanted to, do, if you wanted to portray and to display the 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 good-natured patrician that is Oliver Sterling, you need to blow up his fucking business for this. I'm sorry you didn't. <laughs> if you wanted to to see Tracy running around, being salt to the earth, yeah. right? You didn't need to blow up her workplace. Okay, Roy Tucker, I don't care about. You can blow him up. I don't really care, right? But moving on through the very... And also, the redemption of Freddy. And, and yes, we had, we've had hints of it because he actually enjoys his job. Considering he's incredibly entitled and privileged, he enjoys his job. So he's a he's a good he's a good guy. He's a good young man really. And then we had him with Johnny and him thinking that Johnny was taking taking drugs and him being no 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 oh. this is crazy. We didn't need uh, oh, anyway. I have to play another fucking call. I just It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mary. Oh, love you Mary. Let's have a bit of Mary from Canada. Why is it doing this when it won't click? Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Mary from Toronto. I'm not contrary on Twitter. I'm sorry I haven't called in for ages. Ever since I got my husband hooked on the archers, we like to listen together, and we don't get the time every day to do that, so we're often behind. But then on Sunday, Genevieve texted me with a big OMG, so we caught up pretty quickly and stayed up to date all week. And as an aside, uh, Genevieve is a friend we made in Toronto, and we met her through Dum to Dum. So thank you for helping us build a little community here in our corner of the world. She's fantastic. So my two thoughts in reaction to the explosion at Gay Grables are, firstly, Lucy's words about when the going gets tough, you either torch the knicker factory or blow up the car lot. (laughs) And... Maybe this was the scriptwriters thinking, okay, we're getting a bit mired in all these weird and dull plot lines. Mm. Uh, let's just do something radical Set and inject some life into this <laughs> while we stop alienating the listeners. And then my second thought, and I'm sure this is highly unoriginal and probably many people will suggest it, is that Linda will recant on the typographical treatment and that Ambridge, the B at Ambridge, will go big back to be known as the bull okay yep. thanks so much for a wonderful show and all you do bye bye you meant lillian there Mary. yeah yeah um can i just quickly say 
before I, I just like you know uh, pass the mic on to you, Freeman. I love Mary, who's probably one of our listeners who I've uh, met the most over the last six, seven years we've been actually been doing this. And I think Mary called in on the second ever show, if not actually the first. And it has been lovely to to meet her and her hubby. And we've had meetups in Canada. We've had drinks by ourselves um, in, in Toronto and in Burlington. And um, the fact that uh, her hubby is now a big Archers fan. And I've met their Dumdy Diddler as well. He's, he must he can't be three yet, you know. So um, it's always lovely whenever I hear uh, Mary call in because literally, if it wasn't episode one, she called in on episode two, and we're up to three hundred and twenty of these things now. So big ups to you, Mary. Not contrary. Anyway, as you were, Freeman. Over to you. Um, uh, I'm going to read an email instead um, from Katrina, uh, who says this week's big story of what seems to be a gas explosion has been really difficult to listen to. I am so mad at the scriptwriters for building up all the beef Freddie has with Linda for this. That is cruel and traumatizing. Linda was my favorite kind of busybody who gave generously, generously to her community, but annoyed the hell out of everyone while she did so. Perhaps it's because that's how I think my begrudging friends see me, but there's a sweetness underneath it. This is not how I want their relationship to end. I predict that Freddie will forever live with the burden of knowing the last thing Linda ever did was try to apologize to him and he refused to forgive her. I just wanted Freddie to eventually find his feet and thrive. Is this too much to ask? I'm also blown away by Graham Blocky's performance as Robert. His lashing out at everybody, to Jim and most certainly to Oliver, made my blood run cold and I'd really like to ask if anyone has ever heard Robert speak with such anger. I'm equally terrified and saddened for Robert and I predict he will create an anti-Oliver campaign which will drive the old man off a cliff. Then the Grundies will inherit the farm and the Rubble Hotel. <laughs> the Rubble Hotel. Um, I, think, I think the Oliver thing is really... Is really interesting because he suddenly very very rapidly had to face where he where who he is as a man now Mm. um i think men have i think actually yes yes i'm going at the risk of um, upsetting half the population i'm going to say it um i think men remain more in denial about aging than women do and they hold a picture of themselves as who they were for much longer. And then one, there is something that happens that makes them confront the fact that they're not the, 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 the bloke they thought that, you know, the, the, the bloke they were in earlier days. And they find it a huge shock. And I think Oliver had that shock when he was led away like an old man with a, with a blanket around him by mm. Emma. Mm. While Roy was galloping around, you know telling everyone what to do and being competent and in charge and everything Oliver thinks he should have been. Um, I thought that was really moving when he was talking about Caroline and he said, that's the only time I haven't wanted, I haven't wanted, I'm I'm glad she wasn't here. That's the only time I've been glad that she wasn't here. Mm. Um, Yeah, I thought that was really interesting and a really, uh, yeah, really well observed Mm. bit. Yep, yep, yep. I think it's an interesting observation about, aging that you said um and I, I i hadn't thought about it before but because men don't go through the menopause i suppose with women there's a a, a handbrake turn so to speak mm-hmm. like you know you are getting older full stop and within 18 yeah, and, months and also women's mm-hmm. women's aging is commented on all 
the time. Mm. Your own, other women's, your, you know. That's true. Looking, every, look at, you know, uh, all the bloody silly um, tabloid and the silly, there's glossy magazines that Lillian was talking about, you know. Mm. Um, how to look 20 years younger, how to da 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 da, have it, nothing about enjoy the age you are, how to do this, how to do that. Isn't, isn't um, Helen Mirren marvellous because she doesn't look as old as she is? Well, she's marvellous for an enormous amount of things. Mm. What, whether or not she looks like the age that she is, it should not be one of her, you know, major achievements. That's just sort of incidental and it's largely genetics as well. Um, yeah, it, I find it hugely irritating. Uh, but, but yeah, so women don't get a chance to not think about their age, I think. Mm. No, it, it's, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. And I think um, with this whole body dysmorphia, premature balding, storyline um we it's just a pointer to say that um younger men are kind of slowly but surely uh catching up with with women in this regard because younger men yeah. fear getting older in a way that maybe you're right my father or my grandfather's generation didn't didn't you know getting older gave them more power gave them more respect you know so in in a way that um women were uh have historically been denied okay so right so uh, that was mary in toronto and lucy opining on um women aging and another clever things besides, and with, with an email even thrown in. Now let's go to Germany. Have a little touch of Iris, uh, and then uh, we'll we'll probably uh, go on to uh, the Garden State. But first, it's Germany. Hello, Lucy, Royfield, Dumpty-Dum, Cosmos, Merlin, Christopher, and his Amorfu wife. Um, that was really nice, referring to Kate and Jakult, uh, Christopher, and I say. Go, Kate, go, Yakult. Christopher is mm -hmm. right. Why not being different and being together? Should work out. It's only for 12 minutes a day. I could do it. So really, I'm very excited about all that support we get with our little band, Rive at Dumptydum. Wow. So thanks very, very, very much. I wanted to tell you that Rive means white frost or ripe and also it is a euphemism for old so choose what you want that's very much what you get in our music and yeah <laughs> that's really exciting for us to be featured in Dumpty Dum thanks very much excitement yes I don't know yet if Lindy Bottom is going to get out of that catastrophe in one piece but still I had to laugh when Freddie shouted at her I accept your apology pulling her out yeah. of that um, danger. So I hope it'll all work out well and they get gay grables back together again and their relationships as well. And nobody will be severely hurt, but who knows? I don't know. I'm curious to see. And when you hear this, we will know a lot more. So, but I had to call in today because this was so exciting. So, bye bye from your musical DT from Germany, Iris. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Hmm. Um, it's quite. If we think about the ramifications of the Gay Grables being out of action, mm. 
the events and th- well, but no, because they're not going to have any events because of coronavirus, are they? Well, that that's another thing which I, I did want to just throw in towards the end yeah. of the show. Because people keep that... asking Kerry and saying, so how are you going to record? How are you going to record? And he's just saying, I don't know. We're trying to work that out now. Mm. There have been... Um, we've frequently remarked upon this and invariably it's like World Cups or... Um, yeah. Euro championships, and, the election, and, they'll, yeah, yeah. and they'll throw in all the election exactly, yeah. and they'll throw in. Oh yes, didn't didn't the yes. Labour Party do badly? Well, they, yes. they never yeah. actually say that, but oh, no, oh, no, no, we, we, yeah. we lost against Iceland. Oh, bad yes. show, and then they'll just move yeah. on. But this <laughs> potentially rips yeah. up yeah. all manner of scripts, if not every script, because no matter how kind of um, you know. Uh, oblique about where they are in the country Mm. and all that Ambridge is they do talk about Birmingham they do talk about you know being in the Midlands and they have to face the fact that there are nowhere is 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 um is escaping this Mm. so they're going to have to address it and they're going to have to address it in a way that that isn't just that kind of like they like they did about the election when they just sort of went well, who'd have thought we'd had that result? Anyway, look over there. And then <laughs> something else yeah. happened. You know, they got, it's got to be more than that. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Has Basically, to, so. um, the laurels needs to come into the forefront of storylines. You know, yeah. like yeah. it really does. Auntie Christine yeah. down at the laurels et al. You know, um, yeah. And and let, and let's just say, and let's just say that in two weeks' time there was a scene where somebody just sneezed and said, oh, I've just got a, a bad cold in the shop and it was not yeah. remarked upon again. That has yeah. massive, you know, implications yeah. now. Yeah. Like, Did so- you just sneeze on that Borsetcha Blue? You may have just started a <laughs> massive epidemic, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, so, hmm. Let, you know, whoever is going to be going through future uh, scripts and then amending them rewriting them yanking back actors yeah to record them has completely and utterly earned their bbc uh wages big time because if this is going to have any semblance to real life right they're going to have to literally rip everything up so whoever's got that task you know glad it's you and not me Right, so yeah. Um, right, so there's one. Well, I need to do another email, but this is a very a moving one. Oh, okay. Um, and it came in from somebody who wants to remain anonymous, and uh, it was after Royfield's comment about uh, the um, uh, Jimmus uh, storyline with uh, talking about his abuser and whether or not he felt the need to go to the police afterwards and all that stuff. Um, now that the abuser had died and that other people knew about his true nature um and the emailer in said dear royfield thank you for your wonderful words regarding the victims and survivors of abuse as a survivor myself i truly appreciated your thoughts for the people dealing with the aftermath people only people rarely look at the different ways survivors have to cope from carrying on as if it's all normal, trying to work around the situation, becoming a fighter for the cause, or even having to learn to manipulate the situation for their own survival. I have told very few people, unofficially, no police, and they tend to react one or two ways. Either 
sorry, one of two ways, either an overpowering and often painful sympathy that such things happened to me or a gentle anger because I didn't report the abuse and protect other potential victims. Things are rarely as simple as that. Be abused, then report it. I do not blame anyone that came before me. I understand the confusion and mess that comes with it. It is my experience. It is, it is in my experience rare that people think about the whole picture surrounding the abused person. And I was genuinely touched that you put that thought out there. The storyline has had a huge effect on me and I expect others too. It is nice to know it has made at least some people think differently. No. Mm. I, I had a conversation with somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago and it really made, it really made, it. I really understood what a male gaze I have. Uh, on society that I have male privilege Mm. and she so talking to her and she said I can't remember how we came into the conversation let's say we've been talking about online dating and she said she was attacked on a date and how this happened was it was the night of a terror attack in London and they'd gone out for a drink and it was a first date. And because of the terror attack about two years ago or so, there were no trains from London Bridge. Uh. So after going to London Bridge, she then had to call him up and say, I can't uh. get home. Uh, I've got work mm. in the morning in London. Um, can I come back to yours? So they'd had a successful date. Uh-huh. But she would have gone home. Uh-huh. And he said, yeah, of course. So she, she went back uh-huh. to his. And he beat her up. Oh, my God. Yeah, he beat her up. And she said, he was hitting me and I didn't know what to do. And it really occurred to me that she she didn't feel... Because she'd had a great date. She trusted this person. Yeah. And it was unusual yeah. circumstances. Yeah. But when I hear, you know, when you hear of women saying they don't want to go back to a guy's place and... and, and because they'll feel unsafe. I never, fe- I never felt like that. Men never do. No, no, we never do. We'll we, know. We, we will know we have equality when you guys walk down the street with your car keys between your fingers. Exactly. So that if somebody runs up behind you, you like to hope that you would have the wherewithal to smash them in the face with them. And when you do, when you have to do that, then as well then that will be, it'll be a race to the bottom, but it will be equality. No, Luce, uh, absolutely. When I was doing online dating, etc., at no point did I ever think twice about going round to someone's house for the first time. And actually, mm. in that instance, she didn't either, right? Yeah. But so many women are like, no, the first time he would have to come round to mine because I need to feel safe. 
And for the yeah, and in that instance, I went, oh my god, yes, you know, yeah. I have male privilege. I never feel yeah. physically unsafe. I never do. And then the 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 other thing which I really marked upon the story that she told me, you know, like like with most victims of abuse, you have no idea because they cope with it in the way which is best for them and as mm-hmm. and as the the letter writer said the emailer in said some people become advocates for the cause some mm, people yeah. um quietly shuffle it away some people can't cope with it mm. you know but she had and she she said so i went through three to six months it went to the cps and the cps said there's not enough um, evidence he said it was kind of like you know rough sex and and you know whatever he's punching yep. her in the face lucy god yeah and and the next day he um sent her a text message and said don't make me disappear so what more threatening few words can there be from that right bloody hell utterly horrendous piece of work right but her attitude has been this is one man not all men i'm not going to blame all men for him and i couldn't help but just kind of marvel and say well if you turn round and said all men are shit and i can't trust them it'd be understandable it wouldn't necessarily be the in effect the right way to paint all men with the same brush. But you'd understand it on a human level. And she's really quite sunny and still trusting. And I just say kind of hats off. And to Mm. victims of any level of, of abuse, as my daughter Ella would say, you do you, I'll do me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, whatever it takes for you to get through it. And whatever, yeah, good, yeah. you know, good on you, good yeah. on you. Oof, mm. blimey! Shall we now go to? Is it? Are we now calling a Margot? Yes. Right. Okay. It's the Garden State, folks. Good afternoon, Royfield, Lucy, and Dumpty Dummers all over the world. It's Margot from a very shut down New Jersey. Sunday did start out with a bang, didn't it? This entire week, I've been on the edge of my seat, listening to the unfoldings of the explosion at Grey Gables and the potential loss of our dear Linda Snell. I'm immensely proud of Freddie, though I disagree with the way the Echo has tried to portray him. A good person is just a good person. Freddie, deep down, would never leave anyone in a burning building, even if it was a person who had done him wrong. I worry about Linda. The long-term implications this will have on her and her personality if she should even survive. I don't know what to expect about her survival, but in the 10 plus years I've been listening, I think most deaths come fast and swift, as most characters aren't left to linger, but perhaps this is a first time. I, for one, would very much miss Linda. She's one of my favorite characters, and listening to this has left me with a lump in my throat. Originally, I thought it would be Gavin that was injured in the explosion, but with the revelation that it was Blake under Gavin's watchful eye, I can't imagine what this will do to Philip's business, what it will do to the relationship between Kirsty and Philip, and the other practices that should come to light. I will say I do like Kirsty, and I worry how this is going to affect her. 
Lastly, I want to say thank you to the archers and to all of you out there for giving me a sweet escape over the last week where I have seen my life go from normal to absolute madness. Thank you for giving me a brief <laughs> moment in a world without coronavirus. For the next few weeks, me and my kids will be listening together from our home with a hot cup of Rubina instead of at my desk at the beginning of my workday with a hot cup of tea. You guys keep healthy <laughs> and safe. And you, and you, Margot. Um, maybe we don't want coronavirus to come to Ambridge because, as as Margot said, it will be nice to have somewhere to go where it isn't there. Mm. But, yeah. But no. I know it's got to be, but wouldn't it be nice <laughs> if it wasn't? What we have is a wonderful um, oasis away from the craziness that is engulfing the world at the moment. And what I mean by that is the community of listeners. However, if our favourite docudrama is to have any semblance to reality and to real life, as crazy as things are, it does need to penetrate into the world of Ambridge. You know, Corona does need to touch Borchester. As we said, the Laurels is not a key part of the uh, Archers universe, but it's mentioned frequently. So... Um, if they're going to if they're going to have that, they need to follow through with that. And something needs to be said about people going into self isolation. What's happening at the laurels, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. However, um, maybe what we need to do in these uh, crazy uh, Corona virus times is to have um, a little bit more dum de dum action because we know people are hunkering down at home with their with their loved yeah. ones and. Um, and that's one way of which we can uh, reach out to each other. Well, I think that's that's partly why I just decided to throw taste to the wind with the monologue because I thought <clears throat> we've just got to kind of people just need a bit of escapism and a bit of nonsense, and um, there's no good me doing lots of hand wringing and just go with the hand washing. Uh, but I'm just going to just go ahead. Hi. Hmm. Um. Margot, oh God, I've done it again. Margot, <laughs> Margot in, uh, in the Garden State. Now, here's Merlin, who is going to in- embellish on last week's history lesson. He's also in New Jersey. Hello, everyone in Dumpty Dum land. It's Merlin here in New Jersey. Last week's Dumpty Dum gave me loads to think about. First off, Royfield, I would, you had me thinking about Jamaica. And I have to admit, I do have a bit of a love-in with Jamaica. Went on holiday there to Treasure Beach. And it's one of the few places I think about going back to. Wonderful island. Had a great time. And then you talked about the Battle of Trenton. I'm sure you will get loads of people calling about this. But I'm going to add my bit anyway. The Battle of Trenton, yeah, tipped the course of the war. A week earlier, morale had been floundering. The deserters were way too many to count, and everyone thought the war was lost. But this small battle, which was against all odds, gave new energy to the Americans, and men re-enlisted afterwards. It was, as a battle, at one and the same time, an incredible feat of logistics, and also incredibly unsportsmanlike. Incredible logistics, because the night before the battle saw Washington crossing the Delaware River with his army, Uh, You may have seen the famous painting. Despite the ice and severe weather, 
over 2,400 soldiers with horses and 18 cannon managed to get across the river on incredibly small ferries and walked the nine miles to Trenton where they engaged and won over the Hessian and British soldiers garrisoned there. It was incredibly unsportsmanlike because it took place on the 26th of December, Boxing Day, and everyone was recovering from their Christmas pudding. And then the last thing, not from last week, but talking about the Archers, my mum was visiting this week. She hasn't listened to the Archers since Nigel fell off the roof. Hearing an explosion was not the way to get her back into the Archers. She won't be listening again. Thank you, everyone. Take care. <laughs> mm. Um. I I don't know an awful lot about uh, the American War of Independence, the American Revolution. But it's, it's amazing being here in America, how often it's cited and the founding fathers are cited as, um, you know, the writers of the Constitution, etc. In a way of that... There is no analogum in the United Kingdom. We don't, politicians don't bang on about, um, I don't know, Simon de Montfort or um, the, or, or the glorious revolution as to markers as to why the United Kingdom is, is the country that it is. But doing uh, 10 American presidents has really given me a real insight into the experiment that is the American Constitution and an insight into American history. And when I, I did the episode on George Washington, you realise that what George Washington is, was, is a symbol. The fact that he was a general um, is important, but he lost more battles than he ever won. Um and the Battle of Trenton is seen as this kind of turning point. But there would have been another turning point, even if the Brits and the Hessians had defeated the Americans in, in the dead of winter. Because what George Washington is, was, was a doughty, stoic commander who, against all the odds, just kept on going. So the fact that he actually lost more battles than he ever won is actually really part of the myth. And he, you know, he wasn't dashing. He never had these kind of thrusting advances. But he kind <laughs> of encapsulates how Americans like to see themselves ju during that war in that they were going up against the evil empire, the most powerful nation for such empire on, on earth. And they were a small ragtag bunch who kept on retreating, but, but they had right on their side. And there's a, there's a certain element of truth to that. Uh, but there's a whole load of spin. So whilst in the conventional narrative of the American War of Independence that Trenton is seen as, you know, uh, literally the Americans are down uh, on their luck, but through this wonderful feat of logistics in the dead of night and with um, the, 
the the black guy in the painting i forget his name you know which goes to symbolize that you know even back then america was this rainbow coalition of peoples and stuff that they did defeat the the british but actually the truth of the matter is 30% of Americans were loyalists, hence you have Canada. They moved to Canada afterwards. They were not up for this fight. 30% just wanted a quiet life. And the other third were uh, revolutionaries, were patriots. And we, the British, didn't have the political will because of, inc- because of incompetence and because of we didn't understand the concerns of these middle-class merchants in uh, Virginia and in Massachusetts, that we didn't have the political will to prosecute that war. We so did it half-heartedly. If, if, the, if the British government was truly, truly concerned, they would have crushed that rebellion. And actually, places, even when you get down to the surrender at Yorktown, the city of New York was loyalist. There were whole swathes of America which didn't want this war and actually uh, were very loyal to the British crown. But thank you for the history lesson, Merlin. Big ups to you. Uh, The Americans got lucky in that battle and who cares? You know, the experiment, which is the United States, still might fail and you'll come back cap in hand saying, Ermage, we want to be part of your realm again. You never know. It's just, it's all still up for grabs. It's still up for grabs. <laughs> now, uh, from the garden state, we've got a lot of American calls this week. Mm. Yeah. Uh, upper, lower, east, west side. Let's have a touch of the spoons. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, somewhat hunkering down here in the upper lower east-west side of Manhattan. We thought the end was nigh when this Sunday morning we couldn't get both Desert Island Discs and Women's Hour on the computer, but we discovered Loose Ends was available. Good news, our own Tamsin Gregg was on it, talking about her new television series, Belgravia. I look forward to watching it. Next, a shout out to Trev. Trev, you mentioned two Nobel Prize winners from St. Lucia. I have a connection to one of them, the late Sir Arthur Lewis, who created important theories about economic growth in developing countries. He was a Princeton professor for 25 years and taught me and my classmates. He was also the first black faculty member of the London School of Economics and was knighted by Queen Elizabeth in 1963. Go St. Lucia! Okay, on to the archers. What can we say? Sad news, Ambridge. Little did the producers know that these episodes would air the same week that the world was struggling with its own very bad news. But, looking back, boy, did the scriptwriters have me and us fooled. Here we were, complaining about the phony wars between Linda and Lillian and Linda and Freddie, and people talking over one another without being able to apologize when it was all a setup for the real explosion and aftermath. As we all agree, what heartfelt reactions by both Lillian and Freddie. So I do have to stand and applaud Uncle Kerry and his friends. Finally, a toast to our hosts, Lucy and Royfield. We need the archers and Dumpty Dum more than ever to take us to a land far from Trump, 
Boris, BBC News, and MSNBC and make mm-hmm. us laugh. Let's make the shows extra long. We're certainly eager to listen. Talk to you soon. Oh, there you go. We're public service broadcasting, Royfield. <laughs> well, it was. I think it was Angela Barnes last year when she had you on that show. That really made me realise that um, we, 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 this thing goes far and beyond just the archers. You know, this is group therapy. Mm. Group therapy yeah. is, is large part yeah. of, of actually what we do, of which actually just there is a veneer of the archers on top. You know, I know you, you use this as a way of exercising your, your personal demons on a weekly basis. <laughs> 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 and you use it to unleash your inner sourpuss, as you put it earlier. <laughs> yeah, and just to talk about history whenever I can, and and the odd yeah. and the odd the odd decent movie. Talking about decent movies. No, I haven't seen it. Whatever it is, I won't have seen it. No, no, no. I I, I know you won't, because um, right. I think it's still out in the cinemas. And uh, yeah, couldn't that that's an industry who's gonna going to fall on its uh, fall on hard times isn't it the the, the cinema yep. industry um if you can folks um great film um i'm trying to remember that one of the reasons why i remember this is because one, one of the lead actors um plays an african-american but actually he's a british black guy which is why uh-huh. this stuck out for me and it's got chadwick boseman is the star it's called 21 bridges and it was great to watch a film which is quite simple without being stupid. So the setup is is that two guys have gone to um, a restaurant to hold it up because they know that there's a, a whole load of cocaine there. Well, some cocaine. And then they go there and there is much more than that, that they realised. And as they are um, literally put in this coke into bags the police turn up but not to arrest them and there are 21 bridges out of Manhattan and th- and these guys need to escape and it's one of these great films where it's very simple you don't need to massively engage your brain but it's clever it's still clever and it they have, I don't know, like five hours before the police are going to close all the bridges on Manhattan. But you are rooting for the criminals. That's the great thing, thing about this film. You know, are loads of massive subplots, but in terms of um, the characters and the motivations of the baddies and then of the supposed goodies, they get flipped. So 21 Bridges, if you want to watch a film with your family and go, hmm, the kids will just see it as good guys against bad guys. But actually, there's much more going on without it being overly complex. And it's beautifully shot as well. And you're like, holy camole mm. and whatever. So 21 Bridges, you watch it, it'll be over and done in, in a couple of hours. And you go, hmm, I enjoyed myself there. And you'll get on with the rest of your life. All right, so that's with a spoon. Um, how about uh, we have our... Special correspondent from uh, the home counties, Catherine Rowan Jones. Hello, Dumpty <laughs> Dummers Worldwide. It's Catherine Rowan Jones, aka ATA Ivy Fox, on the Twitters, calling in from High Wycombe, 
and sounding slightly rougher than usual, but there's nothing wrong with me. I'm just sounding like a badger. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there's only one word to describe the last week in Ambridge. Fuck! Tremendous acting. <laughs> I can't praise the uh, people who portrayed Freddie. Um, and Robert and Oliver. Oh, God, they were all just fucking brilliant. Okay, let's just leave it at that. How Lucy is going to manage a humorous monologue? Well, <laughs> he's a far better writer than me, so I'm sure she'll pull something out of the act. In fact, she's probably done it already because this is Sunday night. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to hearing what everybody's got to say about this most unusual of weeks in Ambridge. And who the fuck turned the grill on? Yeah. Anyway, that's enough for me. Jones out. You're wonderful and I love you all. Cheery bye. Cheery bye, Catherine. Anything you want to add there, Freeman? Well, I was thinking, because mm. Tracy was talking about wanting a bacon sandwich, wasn't she? Mm, that, that was slightly lost on me. I, I, I haven't gone back she, and actually listened to the episode. That so. was right at the start. She said, I want a bacon sandwich. Would I, I can see if I can persuade one of the chefs to make me one? Mm. Ah. And then she went, up. oh, I don't know. Oh, it'll be one of those things, little... It'll either be nothing and it's a red herring or it'll be the key to it all that either bankrupts Philip or turns out that Oliver's, uh, you know, liable somehow or something. I don't know. I do find it interesting, Royfield, that the only person that you can do an impersonation of on this show is Catherine Rowan Jones. (laughs) (laughs) No disrespect, Catherine, but you're quite easy to do. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, let's end our caller in with uh, nanny sue hello royfield lucy and everyone in dumpty dum land it's nanny sue here a second time caller in i'm calling because tonight's episode i'm funny on wednesday night robert going off at oliver like that just seemed completely mm. out of character i know he'd had a shock with his lindy being blown to pieces or whatever's happened to her. But I don't think he would have ever gone for Oliver like that, straight out the hat. Um, it's just typical of the storylines recently. Characters are not acting in a, any kind of consistency with their previous storylines. Everyone's acting out of character these days. Um, the Grey Gables storyline, I think it's sloppy writing. It's a soap opera trope. We don't want, know what to do anymore because we're not really interested in the storyline as writers. So, hey, let's have a big dramatic thing like Helen and Rob or, you know, it, it's just so boring. I don't know why I still listen to it, really, except <laughs> it's a habit of a lifetime. And I like being part of the Dumpty Dum community. So, hey, ho, keep up the good work. But... I hope we can get through to whoever the script editor is, because they're rubbish. Blimey. That's harsh. Harsh, Nanny Sue. Yes, uh, it is. What? I don't know why I listen to this, really. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or spend an hour listening to a podcast about it and then ring in. I don't, so that, an hour? See, Nanny Sue. Even an hour and 40 bit, minutes. Well, whatever. But anyway. 
Uh, Nanny Sue epitomizes what I was saying about Linda. Is that mm. I don't know why I listen to this rubbish? What do you mean you're taking it off? You know, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're changing the time of it? What do you mean you're killing off Linda? Mm. Uh, Nanny Sue, whilst I might have certain sympathy for some of your positions in your court, I thoroughly, even though I at the start of the show said I hated the explosion, I'm sorry, but if my partner in life loved one as being half blown to smithereens whatever normal character traits i might have are going to go right out the window and i think Mm. we we have to extend we have to imagine ourselves being in robert snell's situation you know you can't say that you know he he wouldn't get angry and this is acting out of character that is a situation that no one should actually find themselves in. And then when you Mm. do, right, um, the normal restraints that hold us together uh, just go out the window. So you can't say that. You can't say that. After my dad died, I remember getting irrationally angry with lots of different people who didn't deserve it. They they just happened to be in the way. Uh, A parent at school. um, uh, Who else? somebody at work uh somebody on in a call center mm. thing who'd rung me up i can't remember it was just lots of things and i remember thinking this isn't i don't know why you know i know i know that this i know that i'm not angry with them but i was just so angry mm. and it sort of just comes out when you and you can't sort of control it yeah 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 so yeah it make, made perfect sense to me and, and to and me. also he you know he he was actually uh close to it in terms of it happened on his premises robert didn't know what had caused it he thought it was robert it thought it was oliver's negligence Mm, you know he was thinking you know she shouldn't even have been there she was covering someone else's shift you know it's sort of and you just lash out and if you can find someone who's actually connected with it then that's all to the good but otherwise he would have just lashed out at anybody he could Mm. and robert is feeling lonely. I tell you, the, the one, in terms of the writing last week, the one bit which I thought was unrealistic is this has happened to Linda. Wouldn't, uh, what's his daughter called? Clementis and Agapantha? His two daughters. What are his daughters Something. called? <laughs> I can't remember. Leonie and Coriander. There you go. There you go. I was close. Clementis. And anyway, those two daughters would have been straight up the motorway. They wouldn't have just left him there for days. No, no. You know, Linda's no, at yeah. death's No, that door. was nonsense. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, but putting that to one side, the poor dude, his wife of 40-odd years, is literally burnt to a crisp. And she's on life support. You're going to feel incredibly lonely and you are going to say, why me? Why my Lindy? Yeah. You are going to be rightfully angry with fate. So I, I couldn't disagree with you more, Nanny Sue. But keep calling in, though. Don't, don't, don't let my, me disagreeing with you put you off. Um, have we got any more emails? No. Nope. All right. So that's that. That's the main part of the show done. We've got caller in. We've had some email action. Now we're going to have some 
social interaction, well, social media interaction action, uh, with Mr. Bear, Mr. Yokel Bear. So, after three, one, two, three, it's Yokel Bear. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, dumpsters, it's Hercule here. This is the social media roundup for the week. So let's crack on, shall we? At the beginning of the week, we were kind of making predictions about what was going to happen about the big kaboom. What, um, you know, what was going to happen in terms of, you know, what had caused it, that kind of thing. Well, Fiona Crawford really did um, nail it when she said, I think Gavin will have abandoned his apprentice builder, who's then done something stupid like blown up the kitchen. Um, yes, absolutely nailed it. Fiona also made another... Um, prediction which is they definitely won't be serving breakfast at grey gables tomorrow you're absolutely right there no full english at grey gables for a little while i would imagine <clears throat> anthony ogden said uh predicted that gav exploded maybe it wasn't a gas pipe he simply is incandescent rage at suddenly being expected to work a sunday hands deep in shit um yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's been very quiet with Gavin this week, hasn't it? Hmm. Let's see where that one goes. Phil Park said he thought it might be a terrorist bomb. No, not really, Phil. Or a rival hotel. Now, that would be a plot line, really, wouldn't it? Rival hotel. Oh, my God. What if it's Lower Loxley? What if Lower Loxley have, has, has opened the... Oh, can you imagine it? Um... Elizabeth dressed like Boudicca coming down on a chariot towards um, <laughs> Grey Gables. Oh, oh maybe not. Um, so, yeah, quite a few people were also talking about the aftermath, about kind of what happened. Um, and Ben Johnson said, I'm not giving up hope that an industrial dishwasher flew across the village and flattened Will Grundy. <laughs> that did make me laugh. 
Oh, come on, though. Will's doing much better these days, isn't he? Uh, again, maybe not. Um, Joe Edwards said, I think Gav's at home having a cheese sandwich because they're out of ham. <laughs> um, Colette Conroy said, I feel a bit hard-hearted because I found Freddie too shrill. Um, no, actually, do you know what? I found him to be quite realistic. I think... You know, you remember he's not that old in the grand scheme of things, and I think, I think he—that's how he would panic. Um, but the fact that he actually kind of came through, he he he, you know, dragged Linda out of there. I think that was a real big moment for Freddie. Um, however, Colette Conroy also said um, Tracy and Roy were brilliant. Emma and Oliver, Emma and Oliver, excellent acting. And uh, she she also thinks that Linda will come out of this, but maybe in a wheelchair, and then we'll kind of discuss issues around disability and stuff like that. I think it's too early to say, but I, I don't know. But please, please, script writers, don't kill off Linda. We need her. I mean, it's a time of mass panic at the moment, isn't it? We're going through this pandemic. The world needs Linda Snell more than ever. So, yeah. <clears throat> also as well we had a bit of a debate this week and I think it kind of you know it was summed up a little bit or the beginning of it was summed up by Penelope Matheson who said I hate these dramatic archers episodes we already know from the from the, the various comments that she'll be in a coma and yeah you're absolutely right on that one but it kind of got us thinking about we asked a question this week about what we've you know coronavirus i tried to get through this without mentioning coronavirus but unfortunately it's something that we spoke about but it hasn't made an appearance in ambridge yet so um we asked people yeah what do you prefer do you prefer archers to be reflective of real life or do you want it to be an escape from the real world um jane higgins said oh god don't give the, don't give the script writers an excuse to kill off more characters <laughs> <laughs> um, Fiona Moran said, I had a coronavirus cruise uh, week last week on a cruise ship. It was great. Now, let me tell you, Fiona, my mother has actually just cancelled a cruise trip. Now, she's probably done the right thing in, you know, not getting ill. But, oh, my God, I was going to get three weeks mother free. Oh, God. And now she's still going to be calling me twice a day. <sighs> anyway, um... But I think the majority of people were saying, look, we want the archers to be a little bit of an escape. And I think that's absolutely great. I'm going to end by just saying we've got a really great thread on the Facebook page about the things that we love about Robert and Linda. Um, and most people said sniff. <laughs> Time with the llamas. Uh, but Nancy Jane uh, Morn, I thought you really, this was great. You said, I just love the moments when Linda is involved in a project and it's really getting to her. Then Robert just says the right thing to mm. level her out. His understanding and um, love for Lindy is second to none. Yeah, absolutely right. We love Robert. We love Lindy. Do not kill off Lindy. Anyway, that's the social media roundup for the week. Stay safe out there. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Tatty, bye, Mr. Bear. Uh, right, so um, how's about we um, comply with convention, which is after the social media roundup, we have a touch of the mirror headlines. Right, we have two today, one from the sun, one from the mirror. 
The mirror is newlywed bride determined to win husband back after punching his sister at wedding. And her own <laughs> wedding. Um, and the mirror was woman realises she's been washing her hands with cheese. Mm. What? Yeah. Say that again? Yeah. Woman realises she's been washing her hands with cheese. She thought it was a bar of soap. It was actually a piece of red Leicester cheese. <laughs> if you want to know how well we're spreading it throughout England, chap. <sighs> Sorry, but how stupid was this woman? Like, red Leicester well, doesn't clearly quite the rug, stupid, does it? <laughs> no. She... <laughs> wow. <sighs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, tweets of the week. Ambridge, Ambridge, Ambridge Analytica. I blame the Darrington cricket team for their Grey Gables explosion and coronavirus. <coughs> Richard Keeling, could Blake be the new Frida Fry? If we had any ham. <laughs> This is um, this is obviously written through clenched teeth as she's put a full stop between each word. Mm-hmm. Let me make myself crystal clear. Hashtag the Archer scriptwriters. If you harm Roberts Lindy, I will glare at the radio so hard that you will feel the sheer force of my displeasure through the airwaves. I think lots of people are doing that. Um, tall boy. Uh, hashtag Archer's trekking. It's worse than that. She's dead, Jim. Dead, Jim. Dead, Jim. <laughs> and Gary Gilday. Is this Tweet of the Week? Oh, yeah. Tweet of the it Week. It is, right. Yes. Go on, Luce. Talk over it. I, I have got a hangover and I got so excited at the explosion that I actually vomited. Thanks, Kerry Davis. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of somebody actually <laughs> vomiting with excitement because <laughs> there was an explosion. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, yes, that's it. Mm. I know somebody did mention this before. Maybe it was Glyn. I, I really can't remember. It's such a long time ago. But I did think the actual explosion itself, in terms of sound effects, was by far the weakest bit of the whole week. It was too quiet. Well, to, and too you, small sounding. It did sound small. Um, yeah. but I suppose really it's a hard thing to pull off without the visual. You know, it's yeah. one of those things where you absolutely do and also, need the visual. We don't know how far away the car park was from whichever bit blew up. So because we heard it through Linda and mm. um uh, through Linda and uh, no, not through. Th- sorry, through Tracy and Emma's ears, didn't we? We mm. were with them in the car park when it went. So and we don't know how far away that was. And yeah. as somebody said, you know, um, when Nigel fell off the roof, it made uh, <laughs> Lower Loxley sound like the size of the Albert Hall, uh, the size of the Eiffel Tower, because it was like ah, it went on for hours. Um, so yeah, true that. And and they normally do so well with sound effects on the Archers. You know, they're yeah. exemplary. Yeah. Uh, but. Mm. But as I said, hard thing to pull off without a visual, I think, really. Uh, so that's that. We're almost at the end of the show. We're going to end the show uh, with um, a little ditty from 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 Reef. Uh, was it Rafe? 
and and this will be the last uh, fr- from their band. Uh, they have been a wonderful accompaniment uh, to Dumpty Dum for the last three episodes. And uh, but um, I know there are other German-speaking uh, Dumpty Dum listeners that uh, want their music put on the end of, of the podcast. So uh, Kraftwerk, as uh, I know, they're big fans of uh, Dumpty Dum. <laughs> 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 that Nana who did the 99 Red Balloons, she emailed me and she went, Oi, if all, the, if all the other countrymen are getting on in on the act, can we have a bit of that? So next week uh, we'll have, I don't know, we'll have some German band, Esmal Deutschland, a bit of 80s industrial techno and whatever uh, to end the show. Uh, but um, we're not quite there yet. But this one, which you're about to hear at the end of the show, is actually my favourite from uh, our Iris in Germany in Munster. And um, it's called I See You, and I think you'll like it too. Ooh, that sounded like a proper radio too, DJ. That's awesome. <laughs> Dumdum.com, go there. It's got a shop. It's got awesome things besides. And whilst you're hunkering down with your loved ones, why don't... Or even your family. True. <laughs> I've, you know what? I've just heard, uh, just seen Canada has closed its borders. So, really? um, yes. Um we are living in unprecedented times and I think I'm going to have to come home because I'm going to get caught out here. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, but m- moving on from that, I don't know why I said that suddenly, um, but I'm a little bit worried. Uh, don't know, yes, that's it, your loved ones. That's the link, loved ones. Children, family, mum, dad, brother, Noah, Ella, Quincy, Maisha. Um, if you fi- if find yourself... And self-isolation. Um, why don't you go on to dumdum.com and let us help you through self-isolation by uh, ordering a, a dumdum mug. Because what we are going to do, I don't know how we're going to do it and what we're going to do exactly, Lucy, but we will uh, we'll be um, hitting your podcatchers uh, with more content uh, whilst we go through these unsettling times. Because uh, we are a community, we all care for each other. And um, I know you all like to hear Lucy prattle on and crack her gags. So somehow we're going to pump out more Dum De Dum content. Don't know how we're going to do it, but we'll find a way. Uh, so the least you can do is go to dumdedum.com, buy yourself a mug, a t-shirt, pair of slippers, whatever, anything that says Dum De Dum on it. So whilst you're listening uh, to us uh, through a podcatcher, you can properly feel part of the community. That's one way of doing it. Another way you can feel part of our wonderful community is by going on to Patreon, giving us $2 per show uh, for the content which we pump out. Now, this week, absolutely, this is going to happen. If you are a Patreon, you're one of those special people that help uh, keep the lights on in Dum Dum Towers, you will get uh, Lucy's Year in Ambridge, which is her exclusive after-dinner speech, which she gave at the Academic Archers. So um, if you weren't there, uh, you can listen to that, but only if you pony up cash to us. And uh, these people are the salt of the earth. So if you give us money via Patreon, you, good listener, will get some uh, reward for that in the shape of Lucy's year in Ambridge. Now, I was going to mention this earlier, and um, I didn't. Uh, but I'm going to mention it now. Um, it looks like... Oops, a daisy. I've been hitting my mic. It looks like, um, at best, it's 50-50 whether we're mm. actually going to be able to do our show 
on May the 16th at King's Place. Um, we've had no communication from King's Place. Every, you know, I, understandably so. They're somewhat in shock. Just two weeks ago, they uh, finally uh, crossed T's dotted eyes with us with our with our uh, contract to say that we're going to go down and do this. And you know, their biz their business is now kind of up in the air. So, because fundamentally, what they are is a meeting and a conference place. So, with that in mind, um, Lucy and I are putting our heads together, and maybe what we will do is move this online. So, actually, this is a maybe um, a very small slither of good news uh, for Dumdy Dummers in that if you are in Tokyo, Drew, or in uh, Christchurch, New Zealand, Quentin. Um, etc. And all these people, who, all these other bits all around the world, and you wouldn't have been able to get to London, maybe um, you'll be able to log on and see a dum de dum live instead. So um, not promising, but um, putting that thought out there, and it's something which I did say to Lucy before we actually started this show. So that's that. Uh, is there anything you want to read out in red? Uh, remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or you can call 0203 031 3105 to leave a message. Oh, yeah. Um, Twitter is where this wonderful uh, community was birthed. Um, I took a liking to uh, to something that Lucy said online. She showed me a little bit of rankle. I thought, aye, aye, I like the cut of your jib. And uh, we got together <laughs> and she became a podcasting wife. And uh, so Twitter is always a special place for us here at Dumpty Dum. You can find us where we are at Dumpty Dum on Twitter. I'm at Royfield and Lucy is... At Lucy V. Freeman. And also you should follow Yokel Bear because actually he really is yum. Uh, yum. <laughs> he really is dumpty dum. <laughs> he really definitely, is yum. <laughs> he is very yum. Um, you can definitely follow him. Um, definitely follow dumpty dum on a Sunday during the tweet along. And actually it's Yokel Bear. All the gags are Yokel Bear and then uh, Lucy. And then if the post is really quite boring, like uh, we've done this. It's me. So uh, there you go. <laughs> and of course, Facebook is another place you can go to get some social media action. And I'm presuming that all these social media platforms, podcasts, etc. Uh, listenership is going to go through the roof as people need information, but also relief from all the bloody information at the same time. So um, go on to Facebook. You can uh, follow us there uh, by typing in Dumpty Dum. And uh, Yokel Bear and Millie Bell and Witherspoon uh, are there and they'll keep you in good hands. Now, uh, Lucy, it's the end of the show. Um, one of the things I love about doing Dum Dum is at the start, I never really know what we're going to talk about other than <laughs> where we're going to end about, up. About the arches. You know. We always yeah. know there's going to be a certain amount of arches chat. But um, it can fly off into various different directions and stuff. And this one has been much more on message, much tighter than I thought. I thought we'd be mm. talking about contagion. Well, there has been something fairly major happened, hasn't there? Really? Well, the hotel blew up. Oh, crumbs. I thought you were talking about corona. And one of, <laughs> and one, 
Well, all of it, really. I mean, it's all been quite cosmic, hasn't it? It has. It has, it has, it has. Mm-hmm. Well, the hotel blew up. To the kitchen. The kitchen blew up. Yeah. Yeah. Because there still is a hotel. And I've made my feelings on that abundantly clear. You have, I Mr. Have. Sourpuss. Hardly a sourpuss. I just deconstructed... You described yourself as a sourpuss. You said, I, I, am I coming across as a real sourpuss? But I didn't, I didn't think that I actually was. I just think that I expertly okay. and dispassionately deconstructed the woeful plotting that we've been put through. Great writing, right. though. Tremendous acting. Yeah. Mm. Shall we go to uh, our iris now? Yes. All right, then. This is rather beautiful. And it's called I See You. Hi, thank you all. Good night. Oh, God. Good night. Oh, no, it's done it again. And I know the reason why it does it now. You've got to have the window on top. Otherwise, the button doesn't go. So I'm going to edit that back out because <laughs> I quite liked it when I said, I see you and you said good night.
waren abgezählt, unsere durchgemachten Nächte. Das war uns klar. Wir waren im Strudel, im Sturzflug, im Auge des Sturmes, plötzlich und unfassbar. Ich wollte nicht schlafen, wollte nie mehr essen, musste es doch wieder tun. Ich konnte dich niemals, niemals vergessen. Ich lasse dich nicht ruhen. See you when I see you. Es ist vorbei. I see you when I see you. Thank you. Good night. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 